0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSradio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker news time right now 8 15 you're listening to wgns again on this monday morning today the 23rd of may and in studio with us we have james evans from the rutherford county school system how are you this morning
1: i'm doing great thanks for having me this morning
0: yeah it's a uh, one of those end of the year times where kids are probably a little more excited than usual about school
1: yeah my youngest kids this morning were a little bummed because it's raining or it's kind of rainy outside and it's supposed to be field day for them because they've been looking forward to it all week but um all weekend. But, but I, when I got to school this morning, they were still setting things up. So I think they're still going to do it. It may be a little muddier than normal. But yeah, and then my oldest son, um, he's bummed that he's not in high school and, and still has to go to school this week. But uh, three more days, they're all, they have that energy. They know summer's right around the corner.
0: Now, high schoolers, if they have finished all their final exams and everything, most of them, I guess for the most part, are out of school already, especially
1: seniors. Right, if especially seniors. They're done because graduations, the last one was Friday. Uh, and so you know of course seniors don't come back after graduation and then others if they are exempt from their exams or if they've completed their exams uh, many times they don't have to come this week or they're only coming for just a few hours and then leaving.
0: How many seniors go on to college that that first semester you know directly after high school they go on to college what are we looking like today compared to let's say 10 years ago what do you see today?
1: I don't have that exact number I know that we have um, there there are a ton, of course, who do go to college. There's also some who do other, it's really, this is a technical word for you, but it's known as a post-secondary opportunity. Uh, so whatever they do after, after high school is basically what that means. A lot of them are doing uh, community colleges now because Tennessee offers Tennessee Promise, so they can go to a state community college for free for two years. I know a lot of students are taking advantage of that because it saves them a lot of money, and then they can transfer that into a four-year program if they want to afterward. Um, or they're going into some of these other industry uh, programs like at TCAT in Smyrna so they can start working immediately and earning um, some certifications in industry while they're working, getting paid. There's a a lot more opportunities than there used to be, and so we are seeing more and more people choose those pathways.
0: I I know at one of the graduations uh, we went to, I I guess, last week, week before – They were announcing how well just about every student who was going on to college received the Tennessee promise when they were announcing the different scholarships and everything that each student was receiving, but it's it's so different today compared to 20 years ago compared well when I graduated high school. Every kid did not receive that Tennessee Promise, which adds up to a little over eight thousand dollars for those first two years of college, no matter what college they go to.
1: Yeah, as long as it's, some, I think it has to be within Tennessee. But if they're within Tennessee in a, in one of the public universities or colleges, they can use that money—a Tennessee Hope and the Tennessee Promise—and um, it's been really beneficial. I have a nephew who graduated from Smyrna High School last year. He's already—he's about to start. He's doing a third semester this summer, and he's paid very little just for some books and things like that. But he's uh, about two semesters away from finishing his first degree.
0: But now if they did not fill out the paperwork, if the parents did not fill out the paperwork, then they don't get it, right? I mean you have to actually apply for it even though I guess it's pretty much approved for everybody, right? Or is there a certain requirement that has to be met? Uh,
1: the HOPE scholarship that's from Tennessee, there are some requirements on grade point averages and things like that. There's some paperwork that has to be filled filled out. Um, and then with Tennessee Promise, there's some also some requirements they have to meet. It's not that strenuous to do it. Uh, probably when you and I, I know when I went to college, you would fill out your FAFSA form, your federal student aid form, you would mail it off, and it had to you know it was a really early deadline. You it would take two or three months to get back. All of that's online now, of course, so the turnaround is much faster than it used to be, and it's much easier to file.
0: So does that have to be filed
1: if you're also applying for the Tennessee Promise? I'm pretty sure they. The FAFSA is one of the things. It's it's just a good standard federal document that that puts it apples to apples, so that all of, all of your background information and income information, family information is in there, uh, so they can reference that, and then it's applicable to other. Uh, uh, financial aid programs as well.
0: Now, if I'm not mistaken, for the Tennessee Promise, there is not like a a financial income uh, guidance. In other words, if you make over whatever the amount is, your child can still get approved to receive that Tennessee Promise, right? That's
1: right. Absolutely. That's something the state of Tennessee, I think they modeled it after Georgia, but yes, that's that's correct. Which
0: is really positive for a lot of people because, you know, you hear you know, if somebody's making 100000 or more these days, just hearing that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money, but yet when you factor in the cost of living, mortgages, houses have gone up sky high, insurance, it boils down to, well, it's enough to support a family of four, but after that, you're, you're going to be struggling.
1: Yeah, absolutely, So, and the cost of college has gone up, of course, as well. Um, when my younger ones were in uh, some preschool programs before kindergarten, I was looking at the monthly bill uh one month when my wife and I were going through bills and I realized I was paying just as much for that preschool program as what it cost me to go to MTSU and we're talking only 20 years ago or so uh probably closer to 25 now but I I don't want to admit that but still it's just you know and this is for a preschool program so um, absolutely, the cost of college has gone up, but there are so many different opportunities now to help pay for those things.
0: Now, going back to the recent graduations, I know a huge incident occurred at MTSU during, or rel- I guess right after Riverdale's graduation and uh, Riverdale didn't have school on that next day, Thursday. Did they go back to school on Friday? If so, did everything go okay?
1: No, their first step back for students is today, actually. We took off, we, we, we closed the school on Thursday and Friday. The incident happened on Wednesday night. Um, we wanted to give Thursday just time for everyone, to, to for the police to finish their investigation, make sure that everything was, was resolved. They were able to arrest the person responsible the very, the very next day, which is good news. Uh, so he's in custody now. And then we used Friday, we brought in counselors to work with the faculty and the staff uh, to help them get prepared for students coming back today. So they start back in just a few minutes, actually, their first bell times in about nine minutes.
0: That was the first time I can recall anything ever like that happening in Rutherford County.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just so to recap, we had graduation at MTSU with several of our schools last week. We've never had any real incidents. You know, you have occasional things, but nothing of this magnitude. After graduation, on the way back to the parking lot, there were a couple of, um, one was a student, one was a former student, who got into some sort of argument, and then a third party was involved and a shooting occurred, and unfortunately one of those um, young men passed away. Uh, the other was wounded, and then one—the one that was responsible for the shooting—has now been arrested and, I believe, charged with first-degree murder. So, and, and from what
0: I understood, he was arrested by Clarksville police in Clarksville.
1: Right. We did a press conference with Murfreesboro City Police on Thursday. And he had fled the area and was uh, picked up by Clarksville police. I'm not even sure in what environment he was in, but my understanding is the arrest went down without any sort of incident. It was a pretty peaceful arrest. And then, of course, he had been brought back to Rutherford County.
0: And then again, the victim in that case, he was a graduate
1: of Riverdale, I believe, the previous year. Right. He graduated last May. The other victim who survived um, but had some wounds, he's a current junior at the school.
0: You know, it's a tragedy of course whenever something like that unfolds but we there's counselors at the schools to kinda talk with students talk them through what happened um, how does all that pan out after something like this happens?
1: So we have your traditional counselors that are at school, and they, they help with um, a lot of times they're helping with your career and course counseling, you know, making sure you're on the right course or, or pathway for your school. But we also have other trainers that are behavior specialists and that are trained in these types of incidents that can come into the school. And that, that's what we did on Friday, have them work with the faculty and staff about you know how do you approach this with students on monday and, and what's okay to talk about what's not if a student's having trouble what do you do and then we have a team there as well that's there that if anybody needs to speak uh just it just needs to walk away from a classroom a student or a, a faculty member we have counselors there who can talk with them and uh we can make some referrals to our partners in the community
0: and for students who actually witness this whole event take place uh i, I mean it it was something of huge
1: magnitude that I mean for a teenager to see that, that yeah we had our, we had some students who witnessed it and also some faculty members. so it's been hard on both groups. Um, luckily, they all did their they did the, the training that they go through as far as you know how to how to um, shelter in place and those kinds of things. And so it was uh, it was pretty contained once it, it as unfortunate as it was and we're very happy that it was contained to uh, you know just those three students really.
0: But still, it's something that you know, you're know you just not expecting for Rutherford County.
1: Yeah, sure. I was at home. I wasn't at graduation that night. Uh, somebody else at our department was in at the graduation, and I got the phone call. And You know when you get a phone call at 9 o'clock from your security person that that's not going to be a good call. And, you know, of course, we were on campus for the next few hours working with law enforcement.
0: And and then that following night, there was another graduation held there. Did everything go okay with that one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The two, uh, it was an isolated incident is what police believe, and so we had no reason to suspect that it would affect the other graduation, which was Blackman, and it went down without any sort of incident. It was our last one that we had at Murphy Center this year, and then we had one Holloway High School had there, graduation friday but they do there's a church in smyrna
0: and was there any heads up with what happened i mean were there any threats that were made ahead of time
1: sure no there were none uh, it was completely out of the blue for us uh, which is the worst kind to have because if you you know at least if there's some sort of threat you can prepare and investigate and all those sorts of things this is just one of those on the spot heat of the moment situations uh, are tempers i don't know hotter
0: you know now compared to just a few years ago are 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 there more issues maybe not to this magnitude but are there more issues taking place within the schools within within the teenage community
1: i don't think we've seen a real increase uh anything significant as far as um violence or acting out you you're always you always have a certain degree of that of course you're dealing with teenagers and a lot of people in the same building uh, but no, I wouldn't say there's any signs that we're seeing a uptick across the board. And again,
0: that occurred this past week on Wednesday, and it was directly after Riverdale's graduation on the MTSU campus at Murphy Center. Are there any other graduations coming up, or are they all done now?
1: They're all done. The next one we'll have will be a summer school graduation, but that's held at one of our schools. So summer school, that is the next thing coming up. And
0: if a child needs to go to summer school, uh, do they need to register ahead of time?
1: Absolutely. So starting this Friday, the 27th, uh, registration is being held at Blackman High School, uh, and then it also you can do it the Tuesday afterwards. Monday is a Memorial Day, so the school's not open, but Mon- uh, Friday of this week and Tuesday of next week, students can register at Blackman High School. It's $100 per uh, half credit. To take a course, there's a course offering on our website. We have uh, several students every year who either will take courses to get ahead because they're wanting to graduate early or get some of their requirements out of the way or because they need to make up a credit because they haven't passed one. Uh, and so we hold that at Blackman. We're also doing, through our uh, Learning Loss Accelerated Program, we did this last year with our federal money, we offered credit recovery at most of the high schools in addition to tra- to traditional summer school, and we had over a 1,000 credits recovered from students that needed to make up a course. So there's also information about that that the high schools can give students and have been giving students, signing them up for the summer.
0: Again, James Evans with us this morning from the Rutherford County School System. And again, uh, the incident that did occur last week on Wednesday night at MTSU, once more, that was believed to be a, a, an isolated incident, so no other problems have, I, I guess, arisen since that, right? Right, absolutely. Again, the time right now, 828. You're tuned into WGNS. If you have questions for us, feel free to text those in at 615 893 1450. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we will check on the weather with News Channel 5 and uh, we'll let you know everything going on this week as far as the weather goes in just a few minutes. But our guest in studio today, James Evans from the Rutherford County Schools, and once more the time 8:28. Make sure you stay with us again weather and more coming up in just a second.
2: By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant.
0: Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet, packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kiven and me at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. News time right now, eight thirty. You're listening to WGNS, and we are now headed to Storm Tracker Five. Meteorologist Bree Smith. Bree, good morning to you. Good
2: morning. How you doing today?
0: I am good. So what is going on with the weather this week? It seems like it's <laughs> super hot one day, and next day it's kind of cool out there.
2: I know, right? It keeps my head on a swivel. So, uh, yeah, the roasting that we had last week, we're going to get a little bit of a break from it this week. So, daily rain chances that take us into Memorial Weekend, which I know my lawn was thrilled for. I hope everyone's lawn is getting a good drink this week. Um, but then we look to dry off just in time for Memorial Weekend, so... You know, a little bit of whiplash, but I hope it's a whiplash that most folks are kind of ready to get a little bit of a break from the roasting. Uh, and like I said, a little bit of help with the watering, too.
0: Yeah, the, the whole water thing is pretty important, especially if you want a green front yard, if you're growing vegetables out there, whatever it may be. But uh you were out there at Beatty Farms recently. H- how has this weather helped or hindered Beatty Farms?
2: Say. The stuff that they're doing, at A, I had a great time over at Beatty Farms. Their strawberries are looking plump and amazing right now. But, you know, there's such a large property there, and especially for Murfreesboro and our surrounding areas, especially the agriculture, the topography plays a big difference. I mean, I don't have to tell anybody that, but because we have such hilly areas, um, the lack of rainfall, the direct sun exposure, how the water runs off the land, I know over at Beatty, um, he was telling me about this really amazing project that they're doing where they're actually able to do some, like, rainfall GPS mapping of the property and put it into a computer program to see where the water runs off, where the water sits the longest, you know, what has the fastest runoff rate, meaning that those plants would get the least amount of water. Um, And they're using that to kind of strategically – modify how they plant when they plant what they plant which is when you think about it it sounds like such a duh but it's so important especially with how much growth and you know you get new development housing projects and that affects runoff and um and what that means for neighboring soil especially neighboring agriculture areas is really remarkable it's really cool stuff that they're leading
0: again with us this morning from storm tracker five bree smith I'm I'm curious. You know, this summer is—I don't know—are there any telltale signs of what the <laughs> summer is going to look like as far as weather goes?
2: You know, there's no big, there's no big like. Uh, typically, we look at global patterns to kind of see what kind of trend might be in place, like La Niña or El Niño, which has to do with uh, ocean-atmospheric interactions. Um, and there aren't any big signals in place that would spell a specific kind of summer for us. But these early hot snaps have me thinking that we're headed towards a steamier one. I mean, last week and the week before, we were um, we nearly and or did broke records that we were setting in 2018, and 2018 was a really hot year for us. doesn't mean that that would continue all summer long, but, um, but that's, what, that's something I've kind of got my eye on in the corner, like, okay, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> um, especially when you look at heat and you look at, like, flooding spells, Um, Sometimes heat begets heat in the sense that if you start to get into a hot pattern, if you can't cool down and it, it kind of prevents some good rain intrusions, then the atmosphere just, it's called a positive feedback cycle. It sort of perpetuates itself. If we can't cool off enough overnight, then it's just a head start to heat up again the next day. And so you start to see these patterns almost birth themselves. So... It'll be interesting to see how June starts to unfold. As we, even just the tropical influences that we're already starting to see, there was a little tropical influence that came on shore in Alabama last night. That's why we're cloudy and cool today. Um, so we'll, we're keeping an eye on it. Keep, like I said, it keeps our head on a swivel.
0: Uh, that's right. Again, Bree yeah. Smith from Storm Tracker Five on air with us right now. I, I got to ask: Is your middle name really Sunshine?
2: It is. It <laughs> is. Listen, how how fortuitous was that, right?
0: That's funny. <laughs>
2: couldn't so, have grown up to be anything else but a meteorologist.
0: That's right. You were destined to become one, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. I love it. So, it keeps me busy. Uh,
0: as we close out this morning, again, what are we looking at for this week?
2: So this week, um, some relief, hopefully from folks that were sweating. I know some, some just love it hot. But for those that weren't quite ready for that belly of the beast summer heat, it's going to be a little bit better this week with we daily rain chances, although it's not going to rain all day long every day. Today we're topping out around 70. Tomorrow we'll be back in the mid-80s. couple strong storms Wednesday, not overly worried about it, just some gusty wind possible. And then otherwise we'll just keep it 70s, 80s for the rest of the week, drying off and starting to cook a little bit for Memorial Day, which I think most folks are excited about. Unofficial start of summer, crank the hose, hit the lake, Definitely. Fire up the grill. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever your favorite summer thing is. I think the weekend's going to be
0: perfect for that. And but nice and cool today, so that's perfect.
2: Yeah, yes, it makes Monday a little hard. It makes you want to just roll over and hit snooze. That's right. But Bree <laughs> better that us.
0: than cooking. <laughs> that definitely Bree Smith with us. And Bree, if anybody wants to see any of your uh, forecast online, they can just go to I guess NewsChannel5.com, or you're on social media too, right?
2: Yeah, I do. I do a bunch of. Um, kind of daily fun little forecast videos as well just to make little easy nuggets so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and of course News Channel 5 on air and newschannel5.com. We try to we try to make it easy to find us in all the places.
0: <laughs> easy enough. Well, Bree, thanks yeah. for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. You have a great day today. You too. Again, Storm Tracker 5 Meteorologist Bree Smith, again from News Channel 5. Right now the time, 8.36. We now head back to James Evans, who is in studio with us this morning from the Rutherford County School System. And the big thing going on right now for the county schools, of course, the director for Rutherford County, the director of the Rutherford County School System, the search.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our school board has called a special called meeting um, for this afternoon at 3 p.m. It's, it's going to be live streamed and televised. And a a recording, of course, is available on YouTube afterwards, Uh, but they are going to consider three of the people that they interviewed last Thursday. And those three candidates are Dr. Andrea Anthony. She's our current assistant superintendent for Human Resources and Student Services. Uh, Dr. John Ash, who is the principal of Central Magnet School, which has been ranked the best school in the state of Tennessee. And it's uh, it's the seventh best high school in the country. Uh, Third best magnet school in the country, so a very, uh, very award winning school. And then Dr. James Sullivan, some people will call him Jimmy, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan. He's our current assistant superintendent for curriculum and instruction. So, three very uh, qualified candidates that both or all three did great interviews uh, Thursday. The board is going to consider those today. And of course, uh, you know, Central Magnet, it's it's
0: been named in USA Today, it's been named in Newsweek. I I mean, it has won a lot of top awards, if you would, being placed what number three, number two sometimes, across the country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So some will say, you know it's a magnet school, so they have an unfair advantage. but even among magnet schools, US News and World Reports just a few weeks ago named them the third best in the country. So uh, you know if you if you're comparing apples to apples, they are just a tremendous school. Uh, there's a great culture there, of course. Um, they just they, they not only just have some of the brightest student, students there. Uh, they, they do things to help um, amplify the, the opportunities for those students to help push them even further, uh, and that's what's been great about this school. Of course, we have uh, top-tier students at other schools as well. Some of our other schools made those lists as well. Blackman's in the top 100, Oakland, and uh, the other is... I believe Siegel; those three schools made the top 100 list for U.S. News and World Report. So we're fortunate in this county to have a lot of great offerings. So with
0: the director of schools search, I, I know the first meeting was televised, or not televised, but it was on YouTube live. You're able to watch it, and then uh, this another another one coming up is going to be as well live. But how many did they originally narrow the list down to as far as picking the number of people the number of candidates they're going to interview
1: sure so they had seven who applied for the position and they had hired the tennessee school boards association and given them some criteria to help screen some of those candidates and bring back who they thought were the three top top ones that the board should interview so they took it from seven to three of course the board always has the option to look at any of those candidates who applied Um, And one of our other local applicants is is Dr. Clark Blair, who's at McFadden. He's a great principal, too. So he's also one of those seven finalists. But they've interviewed three so far, and there's a good chance they're going to vote on something today. Uh, That's why they've called for this meeting because they're trying to – um, appoint someone who can start July 1st, and they want a transition time to work with the current director because there's, there's a lot of keys that have to be handed over when you're when you're changing uh, leadership on a district as large as ours.
0: Hey, you know, for a parent outside looking in, it seems like that PhD, having the doctor in front of your name. That's a big thing because of the fact we're talking about education here.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Now, our past three directors have not had that. Uh, Mr. Gill did not have a doctorate. Uh, Mr. Odom did not, and then Mr. Spurlock did not. Uh, so th- there's a debate about whether or not the doctorate is a, a requirement or not, but it's one of those things, the boards, that they prefer to have that doctorate because, like, like you said, we're in the business of education and we want someone who's gone through every level of their degree and is at the top of their degree, uh, and then, of course, with the Uh, applicable experience as well. So again, this upcoming meeting, when is that going to be? What time? That's today at 3 p.m. It'll be live live streamed. We work really closely with Channel 19, which is the county's television department, and they they broadcast that. Uh, Well, I say Channel 19, but it's really Rutherford County Television is the name of the department. But on Comcast, if you're a Comcast subscriber, Xfinity, it's on... uh, channel 19. It's one of those government access channels, but it's also streaming online, uh, which is one of our most popular ways that people view it. And then we, uh, that's through YouTube. And then that way it's also archived there as well. So if you can't watch it live, you can always watch it delayed later at your own time. So it's uh, you know, we have our own streaming service basically. So are the candidates
0: the, the top three candidates so far that it's been narrowed down to, are they going to be there and
1: interviewed again during this meeting today? So they did interviews on Thursday, all day, and then had an opportunity in the, in the afternoon after the interviews were over to call any of those candidates back to ask any follow-up questions. So I'm not expecting any more interviews today because they had an all-day event for that on Thursday. Uh, I would expect the three of them would be there. So if there is some sort of offer made, but it, I, I, I haven't spoken to them to know for sure that they're coming, uh, they could be watching as well. But I typically the candidates would be there if there's a potential vote.
0: And this is a big undertaking, because if I recall, this is what, only the, the fourth director of schools to be hired over the last, well, since maybe, what, 2006 or so?
1: Mr. Mr. Gill was hired in May of '03, so '03, and, 03. So 03, and then Mr. Odom was around 2012, and Mr. Spurlock, I believe, was 2017 or 2018. Uh, so, you're, like you said, over the past 20 years, there have only been three directors.
0: That that's interesting, and and you know I think that's good because that shows that you've had somebody in office for a fairly lengthy period of time. Not so much this most recent, but in the past, I, I mean, they hold office for a good number of years.
1: Yeah, typically uh, five years is kind of your your minimum somewhere around that time. Uh, Mr. Gill held the position, I believe, for nine years. Um, and I think the board has expressed that they are looking for someone who can uh, plan to be in the position for a while and be successful so that they can build some of those longer-term goals and give it time to come to fruition.
0: And, and you said so far everybody who is, you know, on this narrowed-down list, the short list, uh, they've been with the county schools for some time right
1: yes these three uh, are internal candidates they were they've all been with us they've uh, they've all worked somewhere else as well uh, I know that dr. Anthony has worked in Williamson County she was a principal there an award-winning principal uh, dr. Ash has worked uh, he said at Brentwood before. And then uh, Dr. Sullivan has worked in Bedford County as as well as working here. So it's always good to have some exposure to other districts, too, so that you can have that comparison.
0: Any ideas on what they're going to highlight the most during this upcoming meeting at 3 o'clock?
1: I think that there will be debate about the three candidates, and then um, I wish I could predict it, but I really can't as far as how they will to make the decision, but it'll all be public, which is the way we want it to be so that everyone can see the process and be transparent. We've tried to send out messages. We have sent out messages to parents every week, just giving them an update on on where the search is and how they can watch and get involved, how to contact their board members. We want to make sure parents are watching every piece of this as it goes through.
0: And the goal is to have them actually in place by July
1: 1st or right around that date. Uh, well, so the current director, Mr. Spurlock, he will vacate the position June 30th. That's the end of his contract, and so the next person takes over July 1st. So. Probably what would happen if they hire someone soon would be that they would work with Mr. Spurlock over the month of June just to transition, uh, make some hiring decisions, things like that. We have four principal jobs that are currently uh, vacant for next year, and they'll be hiring principals for those. So all those kinds of things have to be done during the summer to get ready for the school year, which comes very quickly. You would think that two months is a lot of time to plan. It's, it just it feels like a matter of days sometimes to, to close out one year and start the next one.
0: And when you talk about being the leader of the county school system in Rutherford County, this is a very fast growing county. So they're going to be over you know upcoming school builds. They're going to be over you know the growth of our system and, and we're
1: talking about a lot of growth to come. So just to put this in perspective, one of the candidates mentioned that we have grown by about 2,100 students in the last year. The average size of most school districts in Tennessee is less than 2100. So we have grown in, in basically by this, the size of some of our smaller districts in one year. So this is like you said, a very fast growing school district. Um, I always I started in 04 and when I started we had fewer than 30,000 students. We now have 50,000 students. Uh, we had uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 schools. We now have 50 schools. I mean it is growing rapidly I I was at a national conference once was sitting beside a director of schools and we were talking he was from Wisconsin somewhere in Wisconsin and uh, he said how large is your district and I said well let me ask you how large is your district and he goes well I have uh, 1800 kids in three schools and he said how about yours I said our high schools are 2,000 kid, are 2,000 students each and we have 12 of those the larger high schools we have about 10 so it's just amazing the scale and scope that we're dealing with Uh, it's it's a very large operation
0: you know it it's interesting because Rutherford County of course a fast-growing county obviously but when you look at our school system then compare it to some other larger cities larger areas across the country those larger areas you know they they may have their school district broken down into three four five different districts so it's not just one serving an entire county so Ours seems to be a little different than some of the other states with with larger cities and you know a lot more students overall, but right. yet we have
1: one district it, that's got to be tough. Well, you know we've got Murfreesboro City Schools and they do a great job, so that that helps some of the elementary side of things. Um, we have a number of private schools that have come on board and they they've grown as well. You know you'll you know it didn't used to be that we had but maybe one or two in the county. I think we're around four or five now, and they're they're all doing well. Uh, so. Uh, you're going to see things continue to change and evolve it's just as we grow we're getting a lot of people who are moving to the area because of the industry that are from other parts of the country and you know they they had some ideas too about structure and ways of doing things and so all that's going to affect our school district of course moving forward and and that's just part of the evolution of this this community and this middle tennessee growing so quickly you know i i if i recall correctly when i was in high school the only private schools we
0: had were mtcs and and franklin road and then of course webb school which is in bell buckle but you have a lot of students from murfreesboro who go there but now it, the landscape
1: is totally different yeah you've got uh you've got of course saint rose is a is a popular private school here now over at the catholic church uh pca is a popular private school here there's some others that are Uh, starting in the Smyrna and Laverne area, we've been told. And and then charter schools are being mentioned more and more. Uh, This county has been approved for one charter school by the state, and there are a couple of others that are in the process of being reviewed. So I think that's the things you're going to see. That's one of the pieces of that evolution uh, as we continue to grow. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We need to Um, have some fresh ideas and those kinds of things to uh, make sure that we are doing what's best for our students now the summer period that's a time where some
0: folks decide you know now's the time for me to move and if they're moving to rutherford county that means increased student populations of course but how do you prepare for that unknown because we are definitely going to have an unknown number of folks moving to rutherford county over the summer and their kids are going to be starting a brand new school year soon.
1: Well, it's not completely unknown. We have gotten good at uh, of being flexible and, and adapting, of course. But we always we also we have an enrollment planner forecaster who works with our cities uh, in um, the county to look at building permits and the number of sales going on. So we have some idea. We review that often of how many new homes are being built and those sorts of things. Uh, and so that helps quite a bit. And it used to be that you would see most of your moves happening during the summer, but that's it's happening all year long now. We have students moving in in February and October, and they just go ahead and typically will switch and enroll in school. And so we, we do have a big growth number in August every year, but then we continue growing throughout the school year. And so our schools have gotten just accustomed to accommodating. They know when that student comes to the door, but they know exactly what to do and to get them enrolled.
0: And we also have a full-time virtual school here in Rutherford County, which I guess was created, what, a year ago or so?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think some people thought we created it because of COVID, but it was already in the planning phases. I think that COVID maybe accelerated those plans some, but we opened our first um, uh, completely virtual school last school year. Uh, and then this year... Um, it, it it had 450 students, so it is growing already, and they're aiming to grow it even more next year. So it's a completely online virtual experience, uh, but they do offer some things like clubs and athletics. They're starting to do, the, do those things, and they're doing some uh, throughout the year, some times where students actually meet up in person and have some events and activities just to bond as a school. Uh, but it's doing very well. So when a child is enrolling in the virtual school program, this is not
0: like – uh, when kids were sent home because of COVID, where you know they're they're following up with teachers online, you know, getting uh, different work that they have to be that has to get done, they're getting that done by way of email. I, it, it's totally different from that. We're talking about real classes and everything online
1: absolutely and so it's it's not just uh, given assignments and then you you pop in and meet with the teacher for a few minutes it is online lessons and those sorts of things it's just in a virtual setting Uh, it covers grades 3 through 12 we've expanded that to include those elementary grades and we've had great feedback from the program, just uh, it works. Some we have some students who are um, very busy students. They are young people who we had one that's an ice skater that tours around, and so the virtual school is just a good fit for her. And then there are some who are just traditional, and they but they want to do it from an from an at home environment with their parents, um, and it works well. And and as far as our growth, it helps take some pressure off because it's, you know, that's 450 students who would be occupying a physical classroom. And so that's, those little things are helping chip away at some of those needs that we have as well, but we have a lot of needs still.
0: If somebody just moved to our area, how do they go about signing up their child for the virtual school if, You know that's the direction they want to head
1: yeah all they need to do is go to the school's website it's you can google it it pops right up or you can go to our site and it links to it Um, but they it shows you how to apply what those timelines and deadlines are to get ready for the next year
0: and there's a an approval process that's a little different I think from the regular in-school student
1: yeah you have to make sure the school has to kind of verify they have some ways of doing that through some questioning and just the application process but want to make sure it's someone who understands that it's it is really you've got to be a motivated accountable student who's going to stay on top of things and the parents have to do as well because they are working from home. And that's not always a good fit for some students. Some students require more structure than that. They need to know when the bell rings, I move to this classroom and so on. So they want to make sure they are getting the type of student that can work in that type of environment to be successful because we don't want to see them fall behind.
0: Again, with us this morning from the Rutherford County Schools, James Evans, we have a few text messages to get to here. It says, We just moved to Walter Hill from Florida. Is there a parent and student tour of schools coming up in the near future? Uh, It says uh, school, and uh, I guess they're wanting to know, there's a session where newcomers can come and ask questions at Walter Hill.
1: Uh, At Walter Hill, what the parent would need to do is just reach out to the parent, uh, I'm sorry, to the principal at the school. They do have orientation nights for new students, like kindergarten nights and things like that. The middle schools have nights for new students. The high schools for freshmen. If it's a different grade other than kindergarten, the, the principal can arrange something with you. Miss Heath is a great principal out there, so she can help.
0: And says so they're coming from Florida, I guess, you know, different states, different cities have different end-of-the-school times as opposed to Rutherford County. Their last day is what?
1: Uh, our last day is this Friday, which is the 27th. It's a two-hour day. It's really uh, just like your last day to pick up report cards, turning anything that you haven't turned in yet. Uh, there's some athletic tryouts sometimes held on that day but it's just it's that last kind of administrative day to wrap things up
0: Uh, this next question more of a statement it says i'm very proud of the school system looking from within as well as checking out of system candidates for the new director and again just a reminder that uh, meeting is taking place today three o'clock and you can see it online or i guess you can go to the school board office in
1: person right absolutely the meeting is open to the public our address is 2240 south park drive The meeting starts at 3. Just come in the front door and head into the boardroom, and you'll see. Yeah, we did have three candidates who were not internal candidates. Uh, One is... Um, I don't know all of their names, so I'm not going to mention the names. But one was a former principal from here who had gone to a different district, and that's where he works now. He had applied and was considered a finalist. Uh, We have a principal from Nashville who was considered a finalist. And then uh, a young gentleman from Georgia, Dallas, Georgia, uh, but that's Georgia, not Texas, who also applied, and he was considered a finalist. So those are all still on the table if the board has the option to look further at those candidates that they want.
0: Now, does the county require that whoever is that new director live within the county once they get that position, or could they, let's say, they live in Nashville already?
1: So the way that it works is that the board will extend a contract offer to the director of schools, and those types of items are things in the contract that can either be added by the board or negotiated in or out by the candidate with the board uh, when, they're, when they're finalizing the contract. So it depends. Uh, we've always had a, uh, a director who's from or lives in Rutherford County, uh, to my knowledge, and so that's never been an issue. but if it was someone from out of state, that would be part of those contract negotiations. but typically, you would want them to be pretty close by because they're just there's so many things that you're going to be at schools and of course needing to be in the community
0: now if we are seeing two thousand new students a year roughly plus or minus, uh, you're talking about almost having the need of having a new school each year
1: yeah that's that's the um we would need to build at least one school a year to catch up. Of course, that's not very realistic because of the cost. So one of the strategies we do is that we work with the county commission to not only open new schools, but also do additions to existing schools. And so one of the things that the board is looking at now is that they have a plan to add on to five different high schools over the next two to three years. Uh, and so that would include Riverdale, Smyrna, Oakland, Blackman, and I'm leaving one out there, but there's I know there's five schools that they're looking at adding additions to. Are we, I guess, is
0: there any land that is currently owned by the county where they're definitely gonna build a school on in the
1: years to come? We own land in Walter Hill that can house a middle school and a high school potentially, that's what it's intended for. We have some land out at Whitworth Buchanan Middle School, which there's room there to build a high school if we need one there. And then we have some land at Plainview to um, build at least a middle school there um, when the time comes. It, it's, it's all about our timing. So we like to, it's hard to find land at an affordable price as people know it's getting harder. And so when our board buys land, it, t- it tries to buy more than it needs so that it can have room for additional schools. We are desperately looking for schools in the 840-96 Veterans Parkway area. We're looking for land there because that's where we're going to need a school sooner rather than later. So if you know someone out there has uh, land that's suitable for building, uh, please reach out to us. We've looked at a lot of different pieces of land and some of it worked out, some of it was too high and so on. And so that's what we need. For students who live in the Las Casas
0: and the Walter Hill area who are in high school or going into high school, what high schools do they go to? Because there's not specifically a high school in Walter Hill or Las Casas.
1: Those two would either go to Oakland or Siegel, just depending on where they are in the zoning. Uh, those are the two schools that fit, that, that uh, serve those areas. Uh, there, we do have land, like I said, available in Walter Hill now that we can build a high school there and may need to eventually. That's what it's that's what it's there for, a middle school and a high school that's closer to Walter Hill Elementary School. It's just down 231 from there.
0: And I guess if you had a high school in Walter Hill, that would also be closer for those who live
1: in Las Casas as well. Potentially, absolutely. So, you know, Las Casas doesn't feel as far as it used to be, just like Rockville's feels like it's just barely outside of Murfreesboro the city's growing so much
0: it is it's pretty wild how fast it's growing but you know the fastest growing areas like you were saying that Blackman area and really 231 South that area is developing like crazy
1: yeah the the 24 corridor so that includes 99 231 uh, Veterans Parkway all those things because people want that access to be able to get to Nashville Uh, that that whole area up and down 24 is growing rapidly um, and I know we're getting ready to wrap up and I want to so I, there's a very popular program in the summer that I want to make sure that we know that people know about, but it's our summer food program that's federally funded. It's, it does not cost the local government uh, anything, but it offers free food for any child uh, 18 or under that includes 18 uh whether they're in school here or not whether they're uh two years old or four years old uh there's food there's breakfast and lunch offered at a variety of locations all summer long monday through friday it's absolutely free there's also uh adults can buy food there for a small fee but it's funded through the usda uh there's a list of all those sites on our website uh, I know the city has a program, too, that they use with their bus system, their, their, their uh, chow bus. So we know that's popular and it's needed. There are some students who the best food they get is at school every day. And so uh, just like to always plug that as we're getting close to June because when the school year wraps up, uh, there's that, you know, we don't have lunches every day in our s- traditional schools, but we do offer it at a variety of locations around the county for those. So if you're under the age,
0: if you're 18 or younger, do you just show your ID or do they just, you know, say, well, obviously you're under the age of 18. I can tell. Yeah. It's
1: typically pretty obvious if they're, 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 um, they're children. Yeah. So, and they just pick up food to go. They can, uh, I, well, you know, some places actually you can sit and eat, but I think most people take it to go typically. Yeah, you know, they're offered in to-go containers and bags and sacks and all those sorts of things.
0: Again, James Evans with us this morning from the Rutherford County School System. And right now that time, 8.59, so we got to wrap it up. If anybody wants to learn more, the county school's website, I guess, first place to start. What is that web address?
1: rcschools.net. So, it's really easy. Just Google it and you'll find it. Again,
0: James Evans with us. James, thanks for joining us. Thank
1: you. This is
0: wg and Murphy's